Good morning, church, and welcome to church on this Sunday morning. We've jumped into the sanctuary uh, from my basement and from our workout bench and setting goals uh, to lose weight and to work out um, down there, as we talked about a little bit already. But I wonder today if you've ever set goals in your own life that you wanted to keep so bad, but you didn't have a goal or a plan to accomplish those goals. And so therefore, if you didn't have a plan, you wanted to do it and you wished for all your might that you could, but those goals were never accomplished. You see, there's times in our lives and even in our church that we mentioned this a couple years ago as we set our goal as a church to connect and engage with real people for real relationships and real encounters with God. We said this saying a couple years ago, you may have remembered it, accidents can happen, but it takes a plan to accomplish a goal. This is true in our lives too. Have you set goals this year that you wanted to, it to happen, but you didn't really set a plan in place, and so you didn't really know how you were gonna accomplish them? If we do that, then we can't be surprised when our goals don't come true. Whether it's working out in, in your basement or at the gym, or whether it's eating right or trying to lose weight, or whether it's our relationships, as we've been talking about these last couple of weeks especially our marriages, uh, are we setting out to set some great goals to accomplish in our relationships? But what will it take to achieve these goals? So I want us to review a little bit of the first two weeks. In our relationship goals that we've been talking about, number one, 101, we want to be Christ-centered in our marriages and in our relationships. And the way we do that, we have a plan to pray together every day. I hope you've been praying together with your spouse. I hope you've been uh, spending that time uh, really seeking God's face together. Number two, if we're Christ-centered, then we want to be mission-driven. Division is two different visions going two separate ways, and we don't want that. We want to be united together, and we want to be mission-driven. And I hope that you've been praying this week and adding to your prayer to say, God, what do you want us to do? What are, what are the things that we can agree that we love, and what are the things that we hate? Because division is death to any goal. We must be on the same mission and work together to meet this goal. And so if we're Christ-centered and we're mission-driven, then number three, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to be devil-kicking. And when we cover all three of these, goal number four, covenant-keeping, is what we're going to talk about in a couple weeks. But today, I want us to focus on the goal of being devil-kicking, because when we're doing these things and we're on purpose, we're going to give the devil a black eye. He has no right to victory in our life. So whatever our goal is in life, it takes action. Whether it's weight loss and lifting weights or running or, or eating better to get in shape or some of these things that in, have a greater impact, a spiritual impact, we must do these things to set them in action to accomplish our goals. In other words, if you want something different in your life, if you want something different in your relationships, you must do something different to obtain that. If we're going to be devil-kicking in our relationships, we must realize that we have a real enemy, a spiritual enemy that hates everything that matters to God. And when it matters to God, when we matter to God, then, then the devil hates what we're doing. And we need to realize that this spiritual enemy is very real, it's very true, and it is a trap that we can fall into in our relationships if we're not careful. So I want us to look to God's word uh, in, a, in many different places today, but we're gonna start in the book of Ephesians chapter six, and I wanna read these two verses to you. Hear the word of the Lord for us this morning. 
Ephesians chapter 6, 11 and 12. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. You see, sometimes I wonder if we forget some very simple truths that these verses point out to us. We need to remember this. Whatever God blesses in our life, your marriage, your relationships, whatever he blesses in your life, Satan curses. The devil curses. So let me ask you this question. Do you ever struggle in your relationships? Do you ever get frustrated with your spouse or frustrated with people that you work with? Do you ever have anger towards somebody else? Do you ever feel angry towards your spouse? Do you ever get upset or have your feelings hurt? I know nobody out there watching today has ever had their feelings hurt. We do. We get our feelings hurt. And when we get our feelings hurt, we lose trust in one another. And here's something we need to remember if we're going to be devil kicking, myself included. If we're going to be devil kicking in our, in our marriages and in our relationships, we need to understand this very simple truth from God's word. Your spouse is not your enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. Your coworker, your best friend, the person that you care about the most that you seem to have friction with right now, they are not your enemy. Our enemy is not each other. So let me, let me tell you this little scenario here. If you knew that somebody was coming into your life to take away something that was yours, you knew that there was a thief coming to your house and it was going to wreck your home. They were going to take everything that was valuable of, of yours from you. They were going to hurt your family. They were going to make sure that you felt the pain of losing everything that was important to you. And you knew they'd been watching your home They had staked out a plan to come and to take control over your life. They were studying how to kill and how to destroy those things that mattered most to you. If that were the case and you knew about it, what would you do? What would you do? I would guarantee you would be on guard. And you would develop a plan to make sure you're prepared for this fight you would make sure you had a plan to defend your home and your family. I don't know what your thoughts are or where your stance is on guns and weapons in the home, but I guarantee you if you knew you were under attack, you would have anything available to you to make sure you protected those things that were valuable to you. You would have a plan. See, again, God's word reminds us of truth that we need to continue to be aware of in our relationships. In 1 Peter 5, 8, we see these words. He says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I want us to personalize that verse for a minute when we think about this battle. The the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for marriages to devour. The devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for families to destroy and devour. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for best friends to divide and devour. And he's even looking for churches to devour and conquer. We could go on and on and we could make that very personal if we wanted to. You see, but here's the truth. The devil never announces when he's going to attack. 
He never just looks down on us and says, you know what? They're doing really good right now. Their marriage is strong. Their family's connected and united. I'm going to go and attack them right now, and I better send them a postcard to let them know I'm coming. He never does that. You see, the way the devil attacks is he attacks very simply by two different ways, by distractions and seductions. Let's look at those for a minute. Distractions, how does he do that? Well, he did that in Scripture as well with Eve. He told Eve, he got her alone, and he said, Eve, eat this fruit. Did God really say that? He questioned her relationship with God. With King Solomon in Scripture, he's wanting to please so many different people, and he's wanting the wisdom to know how to lead these people, and he's wanting to please and make everybody happy. I kind of know how King Solomon felt right now, trying to please everybody. And it's a distraction of the enemy. You see, Judas, one of Jesus' 12, was distracted by the love of money. But if we go back to King Solomon, he switches his tone as you read one of his, his books in the, King, in the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. You may have heard of it. And he, he's thinking and he's contemplating his relationship with his beloved spouse. I want to warn you, uh, children, parents out there, if you're not 18, you might want to be careful in reading Song of Solomon. Uh, be careful and make sure you're reading that with a parent and they're, they're helping you to understand what it is. But in Song of Songs, chapter 2, he says this verse. He says, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. I don't know if those of you that have lived in town in Pittsfield, uh, lately there's a little fox that's been running around town. And foxes are these little, cute, little fluffy animals they seem to be, and they, they look like they're harmless, and they look, they look fun to just kind of play with. And the reality of it is, though, is a fox is looking for things to eat. A fox is looking for those blossoms to, to go and to eat before they can fall down and begin to germinate and grow. You see, a fox will get into a garden and ruin a harvest. A fox will get in and it will take the little things of life and it will eat them and it will destroy them and it will kill them. And so it will ruin the things that are around it. You see, and that's what the devil does. He tries to distract us in our marriages, in our relationships. He tries you to get to compare with other, other spouses. He tries to get you to compare your husband with somebody else's. From a distance, you're looking into a relationship and you might be saying what we said a couple weeks ago, I want that. You might not be having much romance or no more dates or there's the connection is distant and so you're comparing and you're distracted by other things that you see. Men, you might be starting to notice little nitpicky things about your spouse that drive you nuts. They used to be cute. They used to be fun and you could joke about it, but soon it's just annoying and meaningless and it becomes a big deal and those pet peeves become stronger and stronger and stronger you see pretty soon you're fighting over everything there's no common plan you're not mission driven anymore there's no agreement and in fact there's no trust you see the devil knows how to trigger your anger your insecurities your fears and he's going to try to distract you but see, the other way the devil tries to attack us is through seduction. And you might be saying, Pastor, how can you go into this, this word? We, we, we're Christians. We don't struggle with this. Well, I would beg to differ because statistics tell us differently. You see, su seduction is sexual temptations. 
And if we didn't struggle with that as Christians, then why is it in Scripture so much? The devil tries to get us and attack us through seductions. And studies show us, and the statistics say, that 60% of divorces cite pornography as a primary factor. Pornography as a primary factor. That's pretty serious. Over half of the marriages that end in divorce cite that seduction, sexual sin, is a problem. Ephesians 5 Three is a direct plan for us to combat this. It says, But among you there must be not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. It's very clear. Not a hint of. Not a hint of. In other words, sexual impurity and seduction of the enemy is poisonous to our relationships. It's poison to our marriages and our relationships. And therefore, we must distance ourselves from any form of seduction or sexual sin in our lives and in our relationships. In other words, and you're going to see this in your outline, we need to draw a line of sin in our life. If, if seduction is poison and it's across that line, we can't even go up to that line because we don't want to enter in to something that's going to hurt our relationships and our marriages. We need to draw a firm, hard line and say, no more, enemy. We're going to kick you in the face. You don't have power over us. Proverbs 4, 14 gives us that guide. It says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Verse 15, avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Four times this author urges us to distance ourselves from sexual sins and sexual uh, seduction and the temptation of seduction. We need to draw that line and not allow it to be crossed in our lives. So how do we do that? How do we draw a line and make a difference in our lives so that our relationships continue to stay Christ-centered and mission-driven and we kick the devil right where he needs to be kicked? We do that by limiting our access to things that could be poisonous. If you struggle in this day and age where we're online so much and we're on our phones so much looking at whatever we want to look at, good, bad, and ugly, it doesn't matter. If you're tempted, then don't let yourself go there. Limit yourself. Set restrictions on yourself. Tell somebody about it so that they can help you to not cross that line. Another way we can do it is on social media. We're, we're all out there now. We're all on social media. You may be tempted, if you're, if you're being distracted and seduced by something, you may be tempted to, to see how an old flame might be doing. You might start up a conversation with that person. And you may be having a hidden communication with that person that nobody else knows about. And you may rationalize it by saying, you know what, I'm just checking in, making sure everything's okay. No, you're opening yourself up for a glimmer of temptation, where question can enter in. Distance yourself. The author of this proverb says, avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go on your way. If you can't handle what you're looking at or what you're doing or where you're doing those things at, delete them. Get rid of them. End it. See, why should we fight a temptation in the future if we have the power to eliminate it? today. We think we can handle these things on our own 
and that these extremes that, we're, that I'm talking about, you might be sitting there saying, that's just stupid. That's not me. I'm not, I'm not there. I don't need that kind of help. Well, if you do, Scripture helps us there as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13 say this. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So if you think you're standing firm, Pastor, I don't need help in that area. I'm strong in that area. My marriage is strong. I don't need this, this help. Well, I'm here to tell you that Maybe you are strong, and I say praise God for that. But if you need a little bit of help, the Bible says if you're standing firm, then guess what? Continue to stand firm. Continue to put on the full armor of God to protect you in those scenarios. But if you're not, and if you're tempted to do these things, the Bible is very clear that you are tempted, and it's common to all mankind. In other words, if you're being tempted by it, chances are some of us have been tempted by it as well. But God's very clear, and he says, you know what? I know what you're going through. I sent my son to earth. He's gone through it as well, but there's a way to overcome it. And if you're being tempted, what feels like beyond your control, God is there to help you, and he will always provide an escape for you. And as the proverb author says, avoid it, run from it, distance yourself from it, get away as far as you can. That's what we have to realize. When we're faced with these attacks from the enemy, we have to flee. We have to get rid of it. See, if you're not married, you may be listening to this thinking, you know what, I can just skip this one. This isn't for me. I'm single. I can do whatever I want to do. I face different distractions. It's just not the same being single. And I would tell you today that that's just not true. Don't go anywhere. Let me talk to you for a minute today. Satan doesn't want you as a single person to be Christ-centered or mission-driven. Because when you are and you start kicking him in the face, he wants to tempt you and distract you even more. And so my call to you, single person out there, seek God today. Become the one you're looking for is looking for. Become the person God intends you to be, no matter if you're single or married or wherever you are on the scale. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Maybe you're out there today and you're thinking, you know what, marriage just isn't for me. And I really don't appreciate these messages because it's just not for me. It's, I'm going to check out. I'm going to say, I understand Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew what that meant. And he talked to that. He said, maybe marriage isn't the plan for you. Maybe being married to somebody else isn't the plan for you. But what he says in that moment is, then you need to seek God all the more so that your life can be married to that of Christ and his plan for you. When you're tempted and seduced to sexual temptations that can ruin your life and your future, single person, don't give in don't give in. You don't have to do these things. That same escape is available to you as well. You see, what you do today matters. 
And we realize this over the last two weeks we've been talking about this. You don't build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today. What you do today matters. See, our relationship goals are very important. But if we set these goals, we need to have a plan in place to reach these goals. So our goals are we're going to be Christ-centered in our marriages and our relationships. We're going to pray together and seek His face more than anything else in the world. And when we do that, He's going to give us a purpose and a plan because we're going to be mission-driven. And we're going to go in the same direction at the same time because God has put us together for a reason. And when we do that, we're going to be devil-kicking. So I want to close with this thought today. But I, I need you to be honest with yourself and honest with your spouse if you're married because we're only as strong as we are honest with one another. So as we close today, I want you to think about these questions. Talk about them with one another. Here's the first one. Where are we currently most vulnerable to spiritual attacks? Go ahead, take your spouse by the hand and just look at them in the eye and say, where are we most vulnerable to these attacks of the enemy. If you're single, stop for a minute. Pause the video, whatever you need to do, and just say, God, I'm being tempted here. I need your help. I need a way out. Be honest with one another. What do you struggle with? Where do you need help? See, it doesn't matter if you're married or single. We all have the same enemy. And I want to encourage you right now to stop where you're at If you're married, I want you to grab your spouse's hands and I want you to pray together about these things. If you're single, I want you to stop right now and I want to pray together with you as well. And God will help us to be devil kicking as we resist the distractions and the seductions that he tries to bring our way. So would you join me in prayer this morning? Let's pray together. Everybody together, pray this prayer. Father God, thank you for being our ally in our fight against temptation. Continue to provide us ways of escape from the things that tempt us and lead us to make choices to eliminate the power of the enemy's attacks. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God will help us. He will give us a way out. I want you to know today that you're loved, that you are missed, and we are talking about plans of how we're going to reopen when we're given that opportunity. We want to hug your necks and we want to shake your hands, but we want to be very careful in how we care for one another in these days. God bless you today and through this week as you strive to reach the goal in being devil kicking in your relationships. God bless you. We'll talk again soon.